In Jesus' name, I pray expecting amen. Now say this with me. I'm a believer of the word of God. I am an epistle of the spirit of God. I am a disciple of my man of God. I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just want to acknowledge those of you that are watching with us um, in our broadcast there on Facebook and YouTube. Please, there's information there for how you can connect with us over social media. We want you to always stay connected with us, like, share, do all of those things um, that just helps us to get this, the word out. Um, and we're so excited for you to be a part of it. We're continuing on in our series, uh, Destined for Deliverance. And uh, we're excited for you to be here. This has been um, a great series, and we're looking for you uh, to, to just continue to participate with us. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right. Um, so we will, uh, as we said, our series today is on destined for deliverance. And what we are, the, the key premise of this series is, and I'll, I'll say it to you the way the Lord said it to me this morning, um, Everyone who is truly delivered is saved. Um, but not everyone who is truly saved is really truly delivered. In other words, there are things that God gives you as a part of, that are in your salvation package that you might not be accessing. And the challenge that we have as believers is, is that there are times when uh, even though um, things are accessible to us or available to us by right, we might not have them by experience. All right? Um, Jesus came so that all the world would be saved. Now, you and I know that not everybody will, but it's not because he didn't come. It's not because the blood doesn't work. It's just because people didn't access that. Well, you might have access to part that makes you free in terms of forgiveness for sin, but not have access what it takes to be free from the influence and control of that same thing that you're forgiven for. If that's the case, then what you find is, Paul said at this day, the thing that I would do, I don't do, but what I don't want to do, I find myself doing that thing. And so when we talked about destined for deliverance, we're talking about getting to the point where you're not just forgiven from it, but because you're free from it. Hear the difference? So uh, forgiveness is the first step. Listen, you know, um, which comes first, forgiveness or freedom? Forgiveness comes first. Let's just get that right, okay? Because you're not going to be able to earn salvation, right? There's not enough that you can do. You got to be forgiven first. But in the package of that forgiveness, there is a freedom that God intends for you to walk in. Amen? All right, so I got five objectives for this series, and I'll, I'll just go through these objectives a little slower today, um, just because we're kind of setting this up. First is to elaborate on the doctrine of deliverance as included within salvation, but it is often experientially distinct from it deliverance is included in your salvation package, right? It's not like 
you got salvation, and then now there's something else God has to do to, to give you the freedom. It's, it's included in it, but sometimes experientially, we can have it, but not actually walk in it. And so what God wants us to know is, first of all, um, he wants me to have the thing called freedom. He wants me to have that. All right. He wants me to have the thing called deliverance. It's already in my package. Whether or not I'm walking in it or not, Jesus has already paid the price for me to have it. All right. Um, so I want to understand, hey, I got saved, but I still have some things that are holding me back. That those things that I can look at those things and spend time with God to get freedom from those things. All right. The second is to illuminate the multifaceted nature of deliverance. You know what, a, like if you've seen a diamond and it has, and it sparkles as you look at it from different angles, each of those angles is a facet, right? You hold it up in the light, if it's a real clear diamond, right? And you look at it from several angles, you'll see light shine different ways. That's the way your salvation is, all right? Deliverance can be multifaceted. In other words, um, you could be free spiritually, but still bound financially and in need of deliverance there. Right? Um, you can be saved, spirit-filled on your way to, you know, baptized with a, with a special burning fire. Right? And still have problems getting along at home. Do you understand? That's a deliverance issue. Um, you could be, you could be, uh, you know, good and your family's good, but when you go to work, man, they coming for you every day and they trying to take you out and they not playing, you know, deliverance covers that too. You know, let me <laughs> tell you <laughs> a story because, uh, our, our, our key scripture, we'll, we'll get to it. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, Lady Nedra's not here, and um, we were on our way to, um, to, to, to praise team rehearsal Friday night, on our way to church, right? She and I was fine. We, we weren't having no problem. Marriage is good. Everything's everything. Wasn't no disturbance in the force. You understand what I mean? Disturbance in the force? Ever? Any, anybody watch Star Wars? Disturbance in the force? Wasn't no disturbance in the force at home, and uh, everything was everything. And, uh, but she started not feeling well. And, you know, she had went to the bathroom to relieve herself before we left. And then told me, honey, I mean, I'm just, you know, touching my head and okay. And, and then all of a sudden, so we, we, we getting up and we about to get off the, um, highway up here at Corona Road. And, uh, we come around the corner and she just goes blank. And, uh, I'm sitting on the passenger seat. I'm grabbing, I'm grabbing everything around me, hanging on, because she's going between, if you know, anybody know what I'm talking about, right? You're coming from the south, and you're coming around that curve. I'm thinking we're about to go up and hit an incoming car. I'm just holding on, and the only thing I can say over and over again at the top of my voice is, Jesus, Jesus, whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, 
I mean, I didn't have time for nothing else. Uh, she was like, why didn't you think to grab? I don't know. Why didn't I think to grab the, the, the I didn't. I just grabbed the seat like I got to brace myself. You know, we were, I wasn't mad. We weren't having no problems. Wasn't no, you weren't no issues. You understand what I'm saying? But here I am. I need deliverance. All of a sudden, we in the middle of the median, and, uh, you know, there's those poles with the reflectors, right? So we go right over one, but the one we go over isn't straight up. It's already bent down, so we just ride right over it. I think we about to come hit the, the incoming traffic that's about to head 75 north. Somehow, she's still out. She don't even remember. She didn't even come to. She's still out, and I'm just hanging on screaming, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So somehow the car gets back on, and then I'm thinking she's going to rear end. She gets around the person. Um, the, the, light, the light is to go on Corona Road, but we're coming on. So we we coming into a red light full speed. So I'm thinking we're about to run across to hit the supplier that's right across. You know where I'm at, right? And all of a sudden, she came to herself and turned left and kept on. Didn't, everything stopped. God got us up. Now, see, that's deliverance, baby. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Now, we was all prepared for heaven. We was all, we was all prepared. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it, we wasn't, we, it, it wasn't because we was in some kind of disagreement with one another. It wasn't that, that wasn't the problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? The multifaceted nature of deliverance is he'll deliver you out of stuff like that too. I want you to understand, don't, don't put deliverance in a single bag. Like, you know, like he'll deliver me here, but the rest of this I'm going to just have to hang on to until I get to heaven. Don't do that. I want you to grab that deliverance is in all these phases, and we're going to look in the Word of God through this series and look at all of the different ways that we saw God deliver people. Now, some of them with sin issues, you know, you got your habits, we're going to, listen, we're going to work on them. We're going to deal with those because habitual sin is suicide on the installment plan. If you keep making the payment, keep making the payment every month, Whatever you keep making a payment on, eventually you're going to own it. The wages of sin is death, and payday always come. All right? So we're going to deal with those kind of things, but I want you to be thinking, like, I got issues in all these areas. I'm looking for God to deliver. So then you put the weight on the person who could do it. I wasn't talking to her. She was out. <laughs> I'm talking to Jesus Believing that them angels are going to overhear what I'm saying and do something. Because I didn't, I, I couldn't, it happened so fast, I couldn't even think to grab the wheel. But somehow, somehow, you know, and you look at the car, you got to even know what you're looking for to see where she hit something. You understand what I'm saying? God can deliver you like that. All right? Number three, to cultivate a desire, a demand a diligence, a discipline, a discipleship, and a dominion for deliverance. So let's talk about those for a second. First of all, Jesus came to people and asked them, do you want to be healed? To me, that sounds obvious, but sometimes people who have problems don't want to be rid of them. 
They got to get their own desire. And I can't, be, I can't desire it for you. Right? I can lay my hands. I can oil you till you all greasy. I can anoint you, right? But until you want it, you're not going to get it, right? So you have to have a desire. And with that desire, you have to place a personal demand on deliverance. Listen. I wasn't in the car saying, God, if you're ready to take me to heaven, I'm ready to go. I'm like, no. <laughs> it was a one-word prayer, but it was, it was very effective. I didn't have time for the King James of these and the thou's. I didn't have time for that. It had happened so fast. Next thing you know, my life is flashing in front of my eyes. I'm wondering which way we go. Now, all I can get out is that one word. Jesus. And it wasn't a quiet prayer, too. I wasn't, I wasn't letting the holy life tell the gospel story. I was loud praying. I was making a demand. Yeah, I was making a demand, man. You want your deliverance. Sometimes you're going to have to make a demand on it. Sometimes people will go to the, the desire and make a demand, but then they won't put in the work. Sometimes there's some effort. Rise up, take up your bed and walk. You, you, want, you want to be healed from this? Go to the pool and wash. Notice how many times Jesus gave the person seeking deliverance something to do. All right? Then there is a discipline to your deliverance. Sometimes people get free and then they let it go. And the scripture says a worse thing comes upon them. Remember all of the times Jesus would say, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Why? What happens? Because when you get free and then Satan comes and gets you bound, he, get, he brings some more devils worse than the ones that had you the first time. And they try to lock you up so that you'll never get out. So there, so there, there, is, a, there is a discipline to it. Remember when Jesus said it this way. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Not the truth that you know, the truth that you continue to act on. That's a discipline that drives your discipleship. So if I'm going to be free in some areas, you know, if you got free in that area, you need to keep studying on that area. Don't just get the word that gets you free and then go back and say, I don't need to. No, you need to keep studying that scripture. I told, I told people, I said, listen, you know, normally this time of year, I'm somewhere on a beach. Why? Because Tuesday was my anniversary. And usually what I do is on the day of my anniversary, I watch my wedding video. I rehearse the vows. And then I ask God, what do you want me to do with that this year? It's a discipleship issue to me. I still want to stay happily married. I'm not eight years into this and then I want it to level off. I'm trying to keep going. It's a discipleship issue. All right? So if you got freedom in an area, don't back off. Okay, now that I'm free from that, I can slack off. No, 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 no. That's not how you maintain it. You maintain it with that. You maintain it by being disciplined, by keeping that discipleship, that I'm going to study my freedom in this area. I'm going to maintain it. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to testify of it and hold myself accountable to my own testimony. Because they overcame by the word of their testimony. All right? And then when we think about, about it, then we want to have dominion in our air of deliverance. We want to be so strong 
in the thing that God delivered us from that not only do we have it, but we can get other people free too. David took out Goliath. So when David got old, uh, Goliath's sons came out trying to get him. And then David's spiritual sons came and said, we got this one, Dad. We got this one. Because he had gotten dominion and deliverance, and he had gotten it so strong that he had imparted it to his next generation, and they could do it too. Wouldn't it be great? See, people make generational curses bigger than generational blessings. Now, now see, even the medical profession will ask you the question, what sicknesses run in your family? Because they understand that stuff travels through the family. But we understand that in a negative. Why can't it be in the positive? You can get so strong in your deliverance that your next generation is already delivered. People come at me at work trying to, trying to get me all, him, you know, because my wife is free. She ain't bound. She's free. And then they try to get out of my house. I say, listen, my dad beat that devil. <laughs> he beat that devil decades ago. You're too late. There's a dominion that I have here because it had been handed to me, and I've just kept it going. You understand what I'm saying? You can fight a devil and beat. <laughs> I was going to say you can beat him the hell out of your family. I don't want to say that because some of y'all might get a little sensitive. But you can beat him out of your family. Yes, you can. He don't have to run your family from generation to generation. Your whole family can be delivered. It says it in Proverbs this, this way, the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Your deliverance can affect your future generations. All right? Number four, to accelerate you toward the deliverance God intends in every area of your life, and then to insulate you from losing ground in your deliverance. We don't want you to grab it and lose it. That, that's a real issue. That's a real issue because what happens is people will, will get us practice a certain set of things to gain deliverance and then get sloppy and slack off and then lose the deliverance that they gain. And then the last state is worse than the first, so that the next time they don't even they don't even try. They don't think it can happen. But it's not, there was there wasn't any problem with the deliverance, it was with your discipline. All right? So we want to gain ground throughout this series and then understand a set of practices, a set of beliefs, professions that we will consistently commit to for the rest of our lives. All right? So that we can move forward in our deliverance. Romans 10, 8 through 13. And it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That same word, saved, can be translated delivered. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. And listen, I was calling, baby. I was, pastor was calling. I was calling. All right? Verse 13 is the key thing for this series. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? Now listen, you, you don't have to know all of the Hebrew and the Greek, pastor, no. 
Pastor didn't use none of that stuff. He didn't pull out no thesaurus. He didn't get his strong concordance out. He didn't get his seven lists of this and four definitions of that. All I knew was to call on the name above all names. And that name did the job. Okay? All right? Now, this scripture is a classic evangelical text. We tell it to people about getting saved and bringing them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that is a part of it. All right? Um, it tells us that to, to experience, you do not experience Jesus as Savior by calling him Savior. You experience Jesus as Savior by calling him Lord. Right? You call him Lord. Lord is not his name. Lord is his function. Landlord, that doesn't mean that's, they, that's not the person's name. It, that says this is their property. And I have an agreement with them. And I run this property according to the agreement that I have with them. All right? So we, we experience Jesus as Savior by calling him Lord. And if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. All right? But this scripture also tells us some things about that while, while understanding the new birth experience is a part of salvation, that's certainly not incorrect, but it is incomplete. The word there for saved here tells us that it's more than fire insurance. It's more than being delivered from the penalty of sin. It's also being delivered from the prison of sin, from the prison of sin, from the habits that I just can't help. And when I don't catch myself, I'm right back into that as a pattern of behavior. This, he not only wants to give, he not only wants to deliver me from the penalty of sin, he's trying to get me out of the prison of sin. All right? Look at the word there for sozo, uh, for save. It's the word sozo. It literally um, means to, to be safe to deliver and protect. Listen, I needed the protection part of my salvation on Friday night. All right, I'm thinking, am I going to hit a car at full speed? I mean, my goodness, I needed the protection part. Now, y'all could have had a good home-going celebration with two caskets in front of it, and we would have been in heaven. But listen, I wasn't quite ready to go yet. Amen? Okay, so even though that was already embedded in what I had, I needed something different. Okay, and so I just want you to, to grasp the fact that your covenant includes more than just being ready to go to heaven, all right, being forgiven. Um, the Apostle Paul there in, first, in Romans 10, 13 actually was quoting a scripture from Joel 2.32. Let's look at it, Joel 2.32 was the scripture that he was quoting. And it says, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Some version, that word there is delivered. For in, the, in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Now, it's interesting that that word there, deliverance, literally means to be slippery. To be slippery. It's like... It's like when Brother Clarence get the ball and then the, those guys on the other side is trying to tackle him, but he slips out of their grasp to be slippery. 
Yeah. You know, when I was in school, we, we used to have to walk to school. You could walk at the school back in the day when I was growing up. Um, and we, and, and weather like this, you'd have coats, you know, you might have some pull-ups on the bottom, some long johns under them, a big, a big hat, but it wasn't complete to mama put that big, thick A&D ointment and shine your face with it. She had to, your face had to shine with that. It had to be thick and cakey. She had to make you. You weren't ready to go until she put some ointment on your face. We would, hey, the Johnsons went to school in weather like this. We were shining. This little face of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You had to be shiny. Then you was ready to go out into the cold. That, that word there for deliverance means you, you, you slippery. You have enough anointing on your life that even though the devil's trying to bind you up, he can't quite grab you. It's interesting to me as I think through all of the social media stuff that we do, um, they track in social media, they have a, a measure they call about how sticky is the content. Like, you know how you're, you're scanning through stuff and then you see the start of a video and then you don't watch it to the end? It's not sticky. They're actually trying to measure how long you stay and continue to watch it. The devil is always trying to find ways to figure out how sticky you are. God wants to make you slippery. Even the stuff that has held you a long time, it don't have to hold you forever. God wants us to be slippery. God also doesn't want us to stop short of the deliverance that he has for you. Satan wants you to be satisfied with a partial salvation. Where you forgive him, but you can't help the can't help it's. He wants us to get out of Egypt, but to stop short of our promised land. You know, Abraham's father, Terah, was the first one that God spoke to, according to his, uh, historians, and that he came out of Ur of the Chaldees, came out part of the way, and he stopped and camped there, not stuck where he was, but not to where God had called him. He stayed in that place so long that they called that land by his name, the land of Terah. <laughs> What land is being called by your name that's short of the priv privilege that God has for you? Ah, uh, when she gets mad, she, she snaps on everybody. She can't get delivered from her attitude. Oh, she's saved. She's saved. She's on her way to heaven, but her finances, well, she's going to always be broke, always just barely trying to make it. Oh, no, no, no. They, they live right. They, they saved. They They holy. But the health issue, she can't, she just can't seem to break. Oh, he's a good dude. But he can't get his money in order. He just can't manage himself. And people will get out and start the process, but never get to the full promise. Right? That, that's what happened to the generation that was with Moses, right? They started with God. 
and then they got halfway in, and then they stopped. All right? So what, what is God saying to you about things that he's gotten you out of the Egypt of, meaning you're, you're saved, you're not, you're not in sin, but not fully yet into your promise yet? Those are things that we want to seek the Lord about in the area of deliverance. As I was meditating on this, the Lord he just reminded me of the thief that was on the cross with Jesus. Now, this guy saw Jesus at his worst and believed his best. He said, Lord. Now, he didn't look like a Lord when he was standing up there on the cross, but he called him Lord. He said, when you come into your kingdom, he must have heard something because Jesus wasn't on the cross preaching. He heard something and believed it. And righteousness came to him. And Jesus said, this day, you'll be with me in paradise. But had he gotten down off the cross that instant, he would have still had the same bondages that drove him to the cross. Some people are like that. They're saved, but the thing that drove them to the punishments that they're getting, they're not free of those things. And given the same, given the same circumstance, they'll be in the same place. Listen, you, you just... You know, used to drink before you got saved. Don't be going to the bar saying, and just drink a Coke. You know you, ain't, you, ain't, you can't handle that. Stop it. Stop it. You're not ready. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You know you don't have enough freedom to play with certain things because habit gravity will pull you back in. So on the other side, that's one set of believers that, that get free but not fully in to the deliverance that God has for them. On the other side, God said, well, consider him, but also consider the apostle Paul. Listen, this dude was doing stuff before he was saved that was exactly opposite to what God had called him to do. But look at what he had to say about it. Let's look at 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 16. And he says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly doing a bunch of stuff that was taking me in the opposite direction. A blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. However, for this reason, I obtain mercy, that in me first Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern, as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. So he's saying, listen, if God can work it out in my life and can take me from less than zero to getting my job done, wherever you are, you can get, you can get there. He says, I'm a pattern for those who would believe. So don't let yourself, don't let the devil tell you it can work for everybody else, but it can't work for me. All right? Five dimensions of the destiny that God has for you. Let's look at this list. Because being delivered is a part of your destiny. God intends for you to be saved. These are real simple ones. He wants you to be saved. You know, that's that initial new birth experience to come alive in Christ. But he also wants you to be filled. Yes, don't just be saved, but be 
being filled with the Spirit. And don't just be filled one time, because the Scripture in Ephesians says, if you read it in the Greek tense, it says, be being filled with the Spirit. Sometimes when I talk about this one, I ask people, I said, how many of you have ever gotten drunk? And I have people raise their hands. I'm not going to do that. Keep your hand down. And then I asked the people, of the people who had ever been drunk, I asked them how many of them are drunk right now, and everybody's hands go down. You know why? Because they stopped drinking, right? If you're going to stay filled with the Spirit, you're going to have to keep drinking. That's the point, all right? The third one is delivered, right? Those things that are binding you, that you actually go to war with the thing that's going to war against you, right? God wants you healed. Now, healing is also a part of deliverance, but it's, it's a big enough issue that it needs to be called out separately. That you have to grasp, no matter what kind of health issues are facing you, the same time that Jesus came to pay the price for your sin issues, he also came to pay the price for your sickness issues. Right? He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace laid upon him with his stripes. We're healed. So that, that, that healing thing, no other price has to be paid, all right? So when they go to the doctor and they say there's no hope, that is, they're not talking to you. They're not talking to you. There is a hope. His name is Jesus, right? And then finally, finally, supplied. Now, I, I, I take barbs for being a prosperity preacher. I'm a for-profit prophet. You'll catch that on your way home. <laughs> I, I, I am unapologetic. But Scripture says, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians, we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was fully supplied in heaven, he became poor, that we through that moment he became poor when he took our poverty into himself might be rich. Now, how much is rich? Listen, we live in North America. Even on a bad day, everybody in here is rich on a global scale. So, don't think I'm just talking cars, cash, and cribs. But I am talking about God having enough for you to fulfill the assignment that he has on your life. Listen, keeping this church on in the wintertime ain't cheap. We need the resources, and God wants to supply it and supply the people. All right? Now, remember, uh, for those that didn't get it, we have two handouts um, in, in, a, in a narthex for you. One is our prophetic impressions, including this one on deliverance, right, where, where we're getting this series on. We're talking about our theme for the year, destined for deliverance, for discipleship and dominion. The other one is our, is our, our prayer and agreement sheet, all right? So as you go through that, um, because next Sunday is our blessing Sunday, where we're going to take that, and you can take two copies because we want you to have one, and we want to have one. Um, that we can pray for you throughout the entire year, right? I still got your 2018. I'm still carrying it around. Until you give me one for 2019, I'm going to have the 2018 with me, all right? Because I'm praying over them, right? Now, and this year, as you begin to think about that, that God is destined for deliverance, I want you to look at stuff that you may have settled with and ask God, um, God, I, 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 if you're saying that, that I'm destined for deliverance, this area, 
that I've been dealing with a long time. I'm asking you to move on me in this area in this year. Right? Call to it, because whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come on. Let's stand. Did the word bless you today?